Hello everyone, my name is Christian. Welcome back to TechPod. Today our guest is Pedro. Hello. Hey Christian, uh, glad, to ha- glad to be here. Very nice to meet you. I'll let you present yourself. Uh, yes, yeah, so I uh, help like SaaS companies with their messaging and positioning. The goal is to figure out how we can squeeze as many conversions as possible, as much revenue as possible out of the traffic they already have, how to position themselves as like the best tool out there for what they do. Because uh, it's, it's basically uh, is the founders always have or the people in the team always have like a way uh, where their product is better, uh, right? Or like a way that they want to communicate their product. But they always like struggle to get other people to see it. Right, uh. so they know internally how they want to be perceived, but then they struggle how, the, uh, how to get other people to see it. So that's more or less uh, what I help clients fix, and then squeeze as much revenue as we can out of the traffic they have. Right, so that's the that's the goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and apart from this, what do you think uh, are the top three mistakes that founders make when trying to market their uh, SaaS? Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 hard to uh, think about just uh, three in the first place, right? So, oh, okay. um, <laughs> I think uh, I think the main mis- like there are a lot of mistakes that they do like marketing wise. So, uh, one is they, for example, on the messaging side, they always uh, maybe they focus on um, like issues that are not necessarily underlying issues that people want to see, like on a website when they're making a decision right, in okay. order to sign up. So that's something they need to pay like really close attention to to make sure that. Uh, for example, I have a client that has an interior design tool, uh, like a uh, tool for a project management for, for interior design projects. That's what I mean. And uh, what happens is they're putting like a lot of emphasis on the, like reports that were building, uh, being built out. But the underlying issue uh, that, they, that people want to see is that um, they don't want to review the reports a million times uh, over because uh, they have to review it like three times. They spend too much time on it. If they make a mistake, they miss a deadline. And if they spend too much time on it, they cannot take on many pro- uh, more projects, right? So what they want, they want something that is mistake-free. They can help them get uh, more projects. Means mm-hmm. they make way more money and they like way stress-free, right? So this is just a tool where you can send reports. Uh, like you can gather a bunch of uh, items like lamps and beds and all that stuff for, any, for a redesign of a, of a yes. house and then make sure that you don't order anything wrong. Right, so that is the underlying issue. They, that's probably mistake number one in making sure that those are the things that you talk about. You talk about the things that get people to buy in the first place. Right, probably yeah. the second issue might be looking at competitors all the time. Right, what are they doing? Uh, like the big companies, what are they? Uh, even if they're not competitors, what are they doing in terms of messaging or website or channels or whatever? Right. Uh, you have to focus on the stage you're at at the moment because what works now might not work in the future and so on and so forth. Like it's, it's, uh, it's tends to be a big issue. And that's all, why also I usually tear down like uh, companies, like websites of big companies and 99% of the, uh, percent of the time they're really bad because they have the brand awareness, right? They have the brand awareness to be able to afford to not have to op- not optimize it. Or sometimes like uh, I was covering a Santa the other day. Uh, I think they're not even profitable, uh, right? So they can afford to have like bad messaging. They spent millions acquiring free users and they can focus focus on revenue later right that's like a, yeah. another thing uh and probably the last one is uh maybe how they think about product market fits the way i would define it is once you're able to uh, uh have like one or two marketing channels that you know you can acquire customers cons- consistently even if they're not like fully optimized right because people think about product market fit as soon as they get like 100 customers or something i would rather have like a a place where i know i can find customers uh all the time because the ease mm-hmm. of finding a customer tends to be a problem for, for SaaS companies. And maybe as a bonus Makes one sense. is is discarding or uh, overvaluing, uh, overestimating the uh, a few channels, right? So they might think everyone needs to do contact marketing 
or they might think outbound just doesn't work. Um, each niche kind of has a different way to reaching out to customers. The rule of thumb is just be whatever your customers are uh, and, and then like take it from there. That's how you find the best channel because that's mm -hmm. uh, definitely an issue. Do you also have a team? Uh, yeah, in my case, I do have a team uh, as people like uh, uh, that help me uh, with like managing my contents. Uh, also, uh, recently, uh, kind of help uh, provide feedback to clients because what I do in particular is I guide clients on what are the opportunities they have, how mm -hmm. to fix them. We actually tell them like even sometimes section by section what they should uh, redo uh, on the landing pages. Like insanely actionable feedback. They essentially get access to me like uh, Monday through Friday. We always have like tweaks plans. It's like you have a guy on the outside how to telling you how to constantly make more money out of the way you're uh, selling your SaaS. That's more or less how it works. And now I just have like a, another guy to help me do that, provide a different perspective, find more opportunities, make the support even faster. It's more or the less, more of the same really. Mm -hmm. And can you share with us some more uh, companies that you helped? Uh, yeah, I helped uh, several companies before. Uh, I mean. Uh, what are you looking in particular, like a, a story? Like Some a interesting stories, yeah. Um, <laughs> Some unique stories. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, one thing that I was uh, really good at, I talk about in podcasts all the time, is uh, I've done like a webinar with uh, Bear Metrics, like I think it was like two or three years back. Mm -hmm. It was for to for us to like rewrite the Bear Metrics Recover page live on a webinar. And we essentially rewrote it. Obviously, we didn't do, do the images. We just said, this is what the image should say. And then we focused uh, a lot on the problem and how much money people are losing. And I'll tell you the before and after in a second, right? And we wrote it live. We wrote it in like uh, less than 90 minutes. I still have the video on uh, on YouTube as well. Um, and then we used a, a formula that I also uh, uh, like share a lot. It's like a public formula, like the landing page formula I use for clients. That is public. You guys can see it and stuff like that. So we took that, we wrote it live, and then they got like insane results, insane results out of it, right? So people wow. were uh, coming back to buy the tool because it was an add-on. So people that churn were coming back to the normal tool to buy it as an add-on. Uh, previously, they were selling it with demos. Now people are just buying it without them telling anything. Um, and it was like a game changer. And the reason why it was a game changer is because first they were saying it was a tool to fix fail payments, right? So yeah. First, they said, "Hey, we uh, it's the how the, it came across is we're gonna it's like an email that is gonna send a few emails to get people to pay back the money uh, that they uh, haven't paid because uh, their credit card expired or something, right? And what we did before is we quantify the issue, right? So uh, what we want to do is we want to say how big is the result that we provide? How, why are we better than other tools or the current thing that they're using to fix the problem? And how easy it is to get started, right? And risk free." Right, so we answer all of those. Those are the big pillars. So one, we said we quantify the problem. Right, so we said that you're losing around nine percent of your MRR every month due to fail payments. So then they do the math. Hey, if I'm making 100k a month, that means I'm losing 10k a month, almost nine, uh, 10k a month uh, with fail payments. I need to fix that. Makes the problem bigger. Then yeah. we said that there's no other solution to fix easily fix it. Right, because Stripe doesn't really have it, and then doing it manually is just uh, the cost doesn't uh, offset the uh, the benefits, right? Doesn't make yep. sense. Yep. And then how, why is it risk-free? Because it's something that you turn on in, in uh, Bear Metrics. It already has the templates to ask for the money back. It automatically builds a paywall and automatically builds a, 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 a pop-up where you can update your card, right? So it's something you implement. You only pay based on the money you recover. So it's totally risk-free. You make a bunch of money. You set it up once and forget about it. 
and you only pay based on uh, what you make, right? So it makes it as visible as possible. That's what we want, right? I have yeah. like a few other stories and stuff to think about it, uh, or if you have like other questions about it and stuff like that. Sure. <laughs> um, I know this is not uh, something public, but uh, how do you do your pricing? Is it uh, success-based or how does it work? Yeah, the way I'm doing pricing right now is I'm working with clients like long-term. It's mm -hmm. uh, more or less like a retainer. And um, the pricing is, is the same for every client at the moment. Uh, yes, uh, obviously you could like charge more and that's what I, I would obviously advise SaaS companies to do in terms of like charging more of like for bigger companies and finding better value for them and stuff like that. In my case, the companies are more or less similar to them and I don't want to no. uh, make it seem like uh, unjust because I know it's going to be like the same offering. Everything is like really streamlined. Uh, we we know how to get the results for clients. So it's not going to be different. So I want to make the pricing necessarily fair. What I do instead is just I increase it over time, right? Yeah. So let's say uh, at this point is X a year and then I'll increase it to like 10% or 20% or whatever, right? So of that's course. what I'm going to be doing. Same price for every client, super fair. And my goal, whenever I'm chatting with a SaaS company, is to say, can I give them a 5 to 10x ROI within like a few months? So they make a, a lot of money out of it. Uh, they're really happy. They save a bunch of time because lots of the stuff they would probably spend like six months doing, even if they don't realize it at the beginning, how much time yeah. they, can, they can actually take if they don't have someone on the outside. So I save them a bunch of, a bunch of time and make them a bunch of money. That's what I, that's what I'm concerned about, giving them an, a really good ROI and then uh, the rest is all good. Yeah, and it's win-win. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's that's what I look for, win-win in any situation. Great. And how big are the, the companies usually? How many employees? Uh, yeah, so in terms of employees, can be like a little bit all over the place. They tend to be like uh, small, so um, like 10 to 50 employees more or less, uh, mm -hmm. more on the... 20, 30 uh, employees max. Uh, so it's always between like 10, let's say I'll probably say 10 to 20, like 80% of the time. Mm -hmm. uh, and I obviously had a, a way bigger way bigger companies than that, but I honestly found that it's a little bit hard to get uh, people to make uh, big changes. Cause yeah. um, like when I work with a client, I wanna make the messaging as irresistible as possible. That means big changes. That means we're going all in, in terms of making uh, everything as optimized as possible. And, and it does work. Time. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it works. It, it works super well. But then uh, when the bigger the company, the more opinions there are. And uh, to be honest, I'm, I'm not too good with opinions. So my <laughs> process doesn't work that well. Uh, uh, yeah. Or they don't like the process too much. So that's normally the type of clients I, I stick for. And, and yeah, they usually get the traffic uh, from inbounds um, because it means that, uh, you know, people are looking for their stuff. Uh, when we change it, it's, it's more, it's like they can see the results faster. It doesn't mean that I don't have like clients that also do outbound as well. I do have, uh, but usually they have like a higher, uh, lifetime value. So it compensates for, for the lower volume and ends up being the same. Right. So like I said before, as long as they get an insanely good ROI and we find opportunities, uh, to make that happen, like fairly easy for them, then, then I can help them out. Right. But it's, it's, it's more on the, uh, inbound side, sometimes more focused on product like growth. It's like a 80, 20 type thing. Are you planning to launch uh, a SaaS yourself in the future? Uh, yeah. So I do have, um, I definitely have a plan around that. So first I want to make sure that I become better at hiring, better at managing my time, better at setting goals. Uh, right. So what I want to do is establish a foundation uh, for myself to make around uh, like probably around one to 2 million in a year is when I want to, uh, like, di uh, diversify like somewhere else, or mm -hmm. maybe like beyond that. Um, because, 
it will force me at, at being like better at sales, better at managing people, better at building a team, all the stuff uh, that are small things that SaaS companies require. Uh, because yep. I'm not technical, right? So I need to manage my team. I need to make sure that I, I define like a product roadmap and all that stuff, which I focus on one very specific skill, right? The CRO side, the messaging and the positioning side. I know how to take one company and make and, and be able to add like 200, 300K in revenue based on the tweaks we make. That I totally know. But then what about all these other skills around managing people and all that stuff? So I'll rather uh, go through the consulting routes like I'm doing now, scale to more or less uh, one or two million a year. That's what I'm guessing it is. Once yeah. I get there, uh, I might change my mind uh, what the actual number is. And then now that I'm going to have way more skills because I forced myself to learn it first before uh, diversifying, uh, then I'll, I'm probably going to buy a SaaS company instead of starting from scratch because oh, I don't okay. like starting from scratch. Because right? <laughs> I don't like the um, trial and error of finding uh, channels. Um, is I'll rather just have uh, buy a company that has like one or two marketing channels that are working well Figuring out how can I double the revenue based on yeah, the traffic yeah, they yeah. already have, and forget about it, and maybe sell it again, or just keep it. Uh, Makes or sense. Streamline the costs some way. Yeah. Maybe you know there down. are a lot of uh, uh, startups marketplace right now, so yeah. you can find one easily. Yeah, <laughs> and but I definitely uh, see myself doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and are you also planning on uh, being an advisor in some SaaS companies? Uh, I mean, the type of role that that I have at the moment is. Is like similar to a, an advisor, but it's like way, way more actionable. Um, so I'm not sure what, what what would the benefit be for like for me in a SaaS company to be an advisor. Uh, I'm like always like pretty involved. Um, they can get you some shares in the company, as I know it works. Uh, yeah, but uh, like that's the thing. Like the un the unlikelihood of them becoming um, like being uh, exiting the company is like so low. That's why I, I I'm not I'm not sure if it'll be worth it. Maybe some point i'll look back at this and think i was totally an idiot for not doing it um uh, but then i i guess i'm gonna learn that over time i think i'll rather just build my own business and then just acquiring yeah. uh, a SaaS company i think it's cool and then doubling its business and then doing rinse and repeat and i'd love to hear your story so how did you get started in SaaS marketing uh yeah so uh it was quite a quite a weird story so i uh, i always have this interest uh in tech and business and all that stuff since I was a kid because uh, my uh, grandfather was an entrepreneur even though it, it wasn't like related at all. I just aimed to be uh, like him. Um, and then I was always interested in tech. I always thought, hey, these guys don't really know how to optimize this stuff. Uh, they're not really optimizing for more usage and stuff like that because at the time I was looking at it uh, from a, a mobile app perspective uh, yeah. because those were the things that I was interested in at the time, probably like seven or eight years ago. Uh, and I casually just wanted to learn more about them and how they were promoted and which ones are successful and monetizing strategies because at the time they're barely uh, monetizing them. We're just yeah. growing them like crazy. Um, and then, yeah, I started publishing a few designs on how I would optimize like a few uh, apps and websites and stuff like that. And then I started getting a few design clients. Then over time I realized that uh, I didn't want to do apps I wanted to do like uh, websites instead. Um, I always doubled down on B2B SaaS in that case uh, from, from that point on. And then I also realized that it didn't make sense for me to do everything for the clients because what would happen is I would um, get them a really good result and then they would either stagnate or go back down because they didn't, didn't know why it worked in the first place. Right? Nah, okay. I was the only one with the insights 
to do it. So uh, there was a, th this clicking point where I realized that I was the perfect guy to take the shareholders, product people, CEO, and all that stuff, all the instances they have, and compile it into a message uh, that, that converted really well. So I realized over time that I wasn't much of a designer, and I kind of think it's a bit of a commodity these days uh, to realizing that. Uh, and then that's what I doubled down on for the past like five years or so. I've only been doing uh, uh, consulting, right? So natural, that was uh, what I was naturally uh, good at. Um, and that's what I doubled down on. Always the same niche as well because I, <laughs> I stick I stick to uh, to uh, B2B SaaS. I'm not dabbling in a million niches. Awesome, awesome. Um, and what can people uh, learn from you by following uh, on LinkedIn, on YouTube? You have a YouTube channel, as you mentioned. What uh, can yes. they learn? So they can learn like a, a lot of different things. Uh, I do like a series where I tear down like big uh, SaaS landing, um, like landing pages of big SaaS companies. Uh, what did they do wrong? How I would improve them? Uh, like good examples, bad examples. Uh, let's be honest, like 80% of the time is like bad examples and how I would fix them because they're just like hard to find. Man, I was telling uh, this to someone in my team the other day. Once you once you find the issues, man, you cannot look at a, any page again and say it's good. Yeah, you just yeah, find yeah. issues. Just once changes you see it, your you cannot unsee it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you cannot unsee it. So um, yeah, that's one thing. Then we have like uh, a lot of videos around making uh, your offer like as a SaaS company as irresistible as possible uh like how to uh, make sure that you always win the comparison because people are always comparing you between different tools or even yes. pen and paper or even spreadsheets or even hiring someone else right people are literally comparing you to everything else so you want to make sure they want to win that comparison so a lot of uh, also like the psychology around it and all that stuff i have like a bunch of videos tutorials templates that i share uh especially on linkedin as well like literally templates that i use with my clients I share them on LinkedIn as well because I want people to try them. I want to be like this uh, at some point. The ultimate vision to be almost like a, uh, almost like the lean startup movement for landing pages, mm -hmm. uh, where it it's that game changing. So I just share it. People can implement it. I've seen many people that use my formula before, uh, and then a good enough percentage of people just say, "Hey, I'll rather you help me do it instead." Right. So you have a great mentality. I, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> what's your favorite software uh my favorite software i would say um i mean i probably the one i use the most is probably like loom Loom. Um, okay. i love circle because i think community is, is like here to stay and uh the way like i think circle updates their their stuff like really often because i'm mm -hmm. one of their customers they're always updating stuff always fixing bugs like they they literally like weekly they're always uh taking care of their customers so i really like that um and a software that I use that is actually like super simple is uh, CleanShot X for Mac. Man, okay. I use that stuff every day, like I, to like screenshots my clients' pages and stuff they're doing and tweaks they're doing, annotating it and sending it over. They can take that and, and make the change and implement it and get the result like really fast. Man, I use that all day, every day for everything. <laughs> I just love that thing, and it's a, an interesting model. They started off with a lifetime. Uh, lifetime deal to make to get the revenue up and to finance the developments and now the development is quite easy it's mostly fixing bugs now they just focus on the uh, cloud storage okay okay and can you share with us uh, three mistakes when uh, doing landing pages and, th and three fixes that you see so most common let's say <laughs> uh, yeah so probably the first thing is is also uh, uh, comes back to not spending um, 
so for example, when uh, when I'm helping a client redo a, a landing page, we literally spend 80% of the time on a one-page document, figuring out what are the problems that the tool fixes, how exactly does it work, and like, literally step-by-step, step, mm -hmm. how the tool can make everything that they do on a daily basis, either more streamlined, uh, automated in the first place, eliminated in the first place, like make it seem 10 times better, not 10% better. Cause people don't buy stuff that is 10% better than what they're using. Just, they just yes. don't. Yes. Then all the objections they have, all the questions that are keeping them from signing up, we list them out and we address them before we really think about headlines or the structure or what the images should be. None of that. We, we, we think about that like in the last 10% of the, the, the projects, right? And the, the landing pages still look like amazing. It's just so we, the better we define it, it just means we need zero iterations during the design process because everything is crazy well defined, right? So we define that really well. Of, uh, you reminded me of that code that if I had to solve a problem, I'd spend 80% of the time defining it. Yeah, 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 nice, yeah. That's, nice. that's, that's pretty much what, what, um, what I wow. always advise clients and that's wow. what I do with them. <laughs> Man, it saves us a ton of time. And then we use those insights to optimize the, wow. the ads if needed or sometimes even for contents, like you can reuse those insights a million times. It's just super useful. So exactly like you said, probably spend 80% of the time defining uh, what we offer in the first place, because I, the form of that one page stuff that I have before the client realizes it, like actually each section turns into a section on the landing page formula I use with clients. So before they know it, they are actually de uh, defining their page without realizing it. Uh, right. So then we define the structure. So, by structure, I mean, we have X amount of sections. This is what we want to say in this section. This is what we say in this section without thinking about headlines, just what do we want them to understand from this, right? After yeah. that, based on what they want to understand, these are the type of headline we could use. And then to think about the images, we'll figure out what type of image would support the headline that we talked about before you know it to define the entire thing. It's way easier. You never get stuck writing it because you're just defining one thing at a time. So yeah. there's no reason to get stuck because if you try to write the headlines and then think about the order and then think about the images, you're going to forget half the things. It's going to be a total mess and it's going to take way too long, right? So that's mistake number one. Uh, mistakes number two is obviously looking at uh, other, uh, what other people are doing, <laughs> um, right? That's like a big issue. It's going to come a billion times. And then number three is thinking you have to redo everything. Like I cannot tell you how many companies come to me and say they want to redo 30 pages. Like, that doesn't make any sense. You look at the top five pages or the ones that are just driving the conversions, which most likely are the homepage, or sometimes if you have comparison pages, if you're doing like competitor ads or the pricing, pricing is a big one that people don't pay too much attention to because it's one of the last steps before people decide yes. to sign up or one of the first things they check to compare it to others. Uh, yeah. Even if your pricing is higher, there's always ways to make it seem more valuable. So the price is just and one of the plans, variables. But, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and then the free trial sign up page, for example, that's like one of the last steps of signing up. A lot of these little things is always like the 80, 20, cause you should be spent like six months if you design your website, what else could you be doing? This doesn't make sense. Just focus on the top five pages. Absolutely. And even if you have like similar pages, just create a template for them and optimize them and then spend the rest of the time. Um, I don't know, maybe doing more iterations out of the same pages, optimize them further, maybe trying to optimize the revenue per customer. Cause one thing that I do with clients as well is we explain the value so well, uh, and we try to stand out so much from competitors that are able to charge more, right? So usually that's the second thing we do right, right away. Or maybe if they are in the middle plan, how do we upsell them to the next plan? 
because messaging is all about selling them on the value of taking the next step. Maybe the value, uh, maybe you can think of that as the value of trying out the product or once they try out the product, the value of buying it, or once they buy the middle plan, the value of upgrading, right? Or the value to, uh, of staying or the value of referring it to someone else, right? It's always selling them on the value. So this is what messaging and positioning is all about, right? So this is what I would focus on. Uh, that's what I'd say. Don't always, always, uh, uh, think about the problems and who you're fixing and defining it really well before you start even, even start the page. Don't look at competitors or big companies, just ignore those. Uh, and then, um, uh, like the last one, which is don't spend too much time on it or design a million pages because it doesn't make any sense. It's too much you, work too. <laughs> you share some great insights. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. And I'm truly grateful. <laughs> Thank you for helping the community. Yeah, no worries. Glad to be here.